Bible study podcast. Now, since this is the first episode, what I want to do is to introduce both the purpose of this podcast and then introduce this particular episode. And so the idea of this podcast is to open up the door to me and my friend Connor's personal Bible study. You see, every week we discuss uh, Bible topics and Bible books and Bible subjects and we do this to grow as individuals. And we thought, you know, how many more people are out there wanting to grow as Christians, to grow in their knowledge of God's Word? Uh, but maybe they don't have a friend like we do that has a very similar schedule where we can uh, spend time together, hours every week, talking about the Bible and discussing the Bible. And so we said, why not open up that Bible study uh, in the form of a podcast and anybody that wants to grow can be a part of that podcast. Anybody that wants to better learn about the 66 books of the Bible can do that by listening to this podcast. And so if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, stick around and I'll tell you about this particular episode. Now, we love Genesis, right? It's the book of creations. We see the power of God's Word. There's so many beautiful things. It's, it's the book where when we start studying the Old Testament, it's probably the first book we go to. And then we get lost somewhere probably past the judges and uh, into the, the mass of Scripture we call the minor prophets. And since most people, including ourselves, that seems to be you know, the most uh, source of our ignorance is the minor prophets. Yeah, we know Genesis. Yeah, we know Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and so forth. We know that after Malachi, we don't know what Malachi is about, but we know that after Malachi, we pick up in the New Testament with Matthew. And so we said, why not first start with those minor prophet books? If we went through two years of preaching school, and we, we both did, and we still have a hard time recalling what those books are about, and knowing, more importantly, the application that is there for our lives, how many other people have that same issue? And so... If you want to join us in a study of the Minor Prophets, starting with Obadiah, uh, sit down, buckle up, grab your Bibles, grab a pen, and let's study together. So the name Obadiah means servant of Yahweh or servant of the Lord. Yeah, I also have... Uh... Some people said it means worshiper of Jehovah, which I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but so either servant or worshiper of Jehovah. And, and either way, that's a great name. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly which one of those is like literal and, and which one is, is figurative, but, yeah. but either way, it shows his status towards the Lord yeah. is he was a servant, either serving towards or worshiping towards Yahweh. And for the most part, you know, in the sources that we use to study, servant of the servant of Jehovah, servant of Yahweh or the Lord, that that's the one that came up the most. Yeah, that's mind. that's the one. That's the one that I saw the most. I as found well. worshiper in just a few places, but you know, still still a great name either way. Um, I wish we had names that meant like that today. Like just just imagine you see a guy on the street, 
And he's, you're like, hey, what's your name? And he's like, servant of servant of Jehovah. I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think that happened a lot more in um in the the type of culture like that Middle Eastern culture, like ancient Middle Eastern culture. Yeah. Where just everyday life was more poetic. Like names had meanings. Where you know my name's my name's Johnny. So that probably means something to somebody, but to me, it's just a name. Like it doesn't mean anything. I think my name means lover of wolves. That's why you voted for the wolves on the Colorado ballot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you're talking about now. I had to let that go through my mind. They're trying to introduce the wolf into Colorado. And um, I thought it would be cool, you know. I don't want anybody's cows to get taken away. but I think um, you've shown your dominion. And uh, what's a dominion if there's no wolves there to have dominion over? But <laughs> so, servant of Yahweh, <laughs> there's a uh, there's thirteen men in Scripture, uh, twelve at least twelve, and if this Obadiah is a different Obadiah than one of those twelve, then there's thirteen men in the Scripture named Obadiah. Yeah. So either twelve or thirteen. Um, I don't think we're going to go through all those. Uh, we're going to put them on the handout for this podcast. We're going to upload those wherever you can find um, our main podcast site. Probably gnoscostudios.org yeah. is where you can get any handout information. And so um, I think we should reference the the two most likely that, that some scholars and commentators identify him as. Okay. Well, the first one I had, I think this is what people think is more likely um, the the prophet in Ahab's palace uh, who hid a hundred of Jehovah's prophets, um, or the the governor in Ahab's palace. Yeah, you can find him uh, that reference in First Kings eighteen four, is what I got for that. Other identify him as one sent by King Jehoshaphat. And Second Chronicles seventeen seventeen, and that gets into uh, dating. I think the reason that most people say that he could be one of those is because they picked the early date for the book, and yeah. they said which which men named Obadiah were alive around this time that we think the book was written. And so you could argue that people say that he's probably one of those because of circular reasoning. And so I would say that that. Out of the people that identify him as another Obadiah in Scripture, those are the two major thoughts. I think the most major thought that I come across is that most people identify him as a distinct individual altogether. And so most likely that he's not one of the other 12 Obadiahs. I think since God gave us very little on if this is one of those other Obadiahs, that our takeaway should be he's probably his own distinct individual Obadiah. Um and so he doesn't give us a lot of background information in the book of Obadiah, this prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to add something to God's word that isn't there. Yeah. Um, I had a quote from from Robinson. He said, His work was more important than the worker, and for the sake of the work, the author himself allowed his personality to slip into the background. And so he he mentioned his name. You know, and God would have inspired him to write his name, of course, and show that he was the prophet of God, the servant of Jehovah. But then that's all that we know about him, and everything else is speculation. There's, there's no way we can know if he's one of these 12 
um, or if he is a 13th Obadiah in scriptures. So, yeah, I, I think you're right um, when mentioning that. I, uh, I read a, one guy that said, The silence of Holy Scripture as to the prophet Obadiah stands in remarkable contrast to the anxiety of men to know something of him. And mm-hmm. so I thought that was almost a funny, a funny quote because it's like sometimes when God doesn't tell us something, that we don't want to have itching ears. I mean, that's always yeah. a negative. That's always said of in a negative context in the New Testament. I mean, itching ears cause you to believe something that isn't necessarily there. And while that's not, I don't think that's particularly dangerous to like say, stick your stake in the ground and say, this is which Obadiah it is. It can lead to just a mindset where you're willing to, to defend things that aren't, have fact behind them. And you don't want it to be that way when it comes to the Bible. If, if the Bible doesn't take a certain stance on it, I mean, hey, we shouldn't be so dogmatic about it. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I'm reading my Bible and I'm, I'm like, God, why didn't, why didn't you just, you know, give me that, give me that fact. You know, just tell me, tell me what what was happening right here. Tell me what your Obadiah this was. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he didn't, and, and he did it for a reason. And, and pretty much that we we just really didn't need to know which Obadiah was, and the message is more important than the man was. So I think that's a good segue into dealing with the date. And so there are two main views with the date. As we mentioned, it's predominantly split up into the idea of the early date and the late date. Yeah. Um, So a lot of men think it's either around 845 B.C. in the 8th and 9th century or 586 B.C. Yeah. And so 845 is the late or the early view, excuse me, and 586 is the late view. And the the reason why people take those views, um, it really it's it could be four possible views. Those are just the most possible, and and really it surrounds around an attack on Jerusalem because that's what Obadiah deals with. He, he's talking about how Edom stood by while while Israel was being attacked, um, and then they actually they they hurt Israel as they stood by. You know they they were taking some of the people and either killing them or selling them into slavery. So there, there's four possible um, dates that, that could be applied to that. There was four attacks on Jerusalem, um, but two were the most possible, and that's when Shishak, when he, he went on in, in, in on his campaign in uh, 1 Kings 14, 25, and also 2 Chronicles 12, 1 through 12, and Nebuchadnezzar when he destroyed Jerusalem in 586. Um, those are probably the best possible dates for this book um, that we can give. I'll ask you a question to kind of set the context for anybody that's listening to this and studying their own Bible. Why are we dating the book around attacks? Why did do, why does it matter that the date had to be around an attack? Well, I mean, it's just the book talks about an attack, right? And and verse eleven, yeah. Um, yeah, on that day that you stood aloof, on the day that strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gate and cast lots for Jerusalem, you too were as one of them. And so the reason that we're basing it off an attack is because the context is the nation of Edom kind of stood to the side while they just let another nation plunder their brother nation. Yeah. Um, and so we'll talk more about that when we get in the actual contextual study of the book, but I just kind of sometimes when when I I first started studying books on my own and I'm like, man, how do they come to these dates? And so the first thing that you do is study the context 
and see if there's any contextual hints on the date. And so one contextual hint, it seems like it's dealing with with right after a battle against Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And, and Edom was just, well, the way the text says it stood aloof. Uh, he wasn't doing anything about it. Yeah. Um, let, let's go into these two possibilities, because I, I know you had a, like when we studied before, you had some good things um, for the late date. Um, so that'd be 586. That's when Babylon came in to, to destroy Jerusalem. G- give me give me your strongest arguments um, for that, Johnny, if you, you don't mind. Yeah. So when you're looking at the late date, it's it's obviously around a battle. And if you study Obadiah, and you also go study Jeremiah 49, verses 7 through 16. In a lot of ways, it's a parallel passage, but also in a lot of ways, Obadiah has some supplementary information Mm -hmm. that Jeremiah doesn't have. And so Jeremiah opens up the same way, but something that Jeremiah doesn't mention, uh, I I don't think he did, was the battle that Obadiah mentions. So Jeremiah wrote around 600 B.C. Mm-hmm. The battle uh, of, of Babylon against Jerusalem was 586 B.C. And so it would seem that this is taking place after a battle against Jerusalem. And if this is talking about the battle that happened in 586, it would have, written, it would have been written just a little bit after that. And so it makes sense that if Jeremiah and Obadiah were talking to the same nation, and they're kind of bookends of the battle, uh, Jeremiah right before the battle happened and Obadiah after the battle happened. Um, and then there's one more, I think, mention in the context that makes me personally lean towards the late date, and that is uh, up in verse 1. We have heard a report from the Lord, and an envoy has been sent among the nations. And so basically, God had sent an envoy uh, or, or other translations there say so be a like messenger. A, yeah, a messenger. Yeah. And so God sent a messenger among the nations. That's talking about, you know, the heathen nations that surrounded Edom, mm-hmm. that, that God was going to use those nations to destroy Edom. And so my main thing is if this was written in 845, why would God send a messenger to a, a generation that's three or four or five generations removed from when that nation was actually going to be destroyed. Because we know that Edom was still around in 580. Edom began to have an end when Nabonidus attacked in 551 BCE. And we learned that from secular history. And, uh, and so I'll, I'm going to add that article also uh, to, to the, the handout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that was when the attack b- began against Edom... It doesn't make sense to me that God would have sent a messenger hundreds of years before. And so that's that's kind of my best argument for the late date when you consider those two things, uh, the bookend argument of yeah. Obadiah and Jeremiah, and also the idea that, you know, why would God send a messenger hundreds of years before if those nations, some of those nations that were around a couple hundred years before Edom might not have even been around to mm-hmm. attack Edom by the time that Edom was going to begin to not be a nation. Um, I, I'm going to add two to, to what you've been saying. Uh, also, Ezekiel 35, 1 through 10, there's some similar language in there to Obadiah. I mean, and, and the one in Jeremiah is, I mean, very, very similar. And like you said, it's not completely the same, and maybe you have that just because of different writers and, you know, the different time for the message. But then one in the Psalms, um, Psalm chapter 137, 
and verse 7. Um, he says, Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it to its very foundations. The NIV says, Tear it down, tear it down um, to its foundations. If you go to the beginning of that song, it starts off like this. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. And so this is talking about when Nebuchadnezzar came in to destroy Jerusalem and he carried these people captive to Babylon and they're sitting by this river and they're weeping. And one thing they remember is that they said, Lord, remember what Edom did. They, they, stood, they stood off and they said, tear it down, tear it down. And you have pretty much that happening in Obadiah. They're cheering, they're cheering on the enemy. And God's even telling them, don't, don't you enter the city. Don't, don't you come in and take things as well. So it, it seems that there's more evidence um, for the late date than people would usually give it. Um, the, the early date, it, um, you know, this is what a lot of people hold, the, the, the early one. And it's based around um, the attack that we see in Second Chronicles chapter 21, uh, verses 8 through 10. We, we could actually go, that's a short one. We could go and read that if you want to, Johnny. Give me that reference one more time. Second Chronicles 21, verses 8 through 10, and then also 16 and 17 in that same chapter. In his days, Edom revolted against the rule of Judah and set up a king over themselves. Then Jehoram crossed over with his commanders and all his chariots with him. And he arose by night and struck down the Edomites who were surrounding him and the commanders of the chariots. So Edom revolted against Judah to this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time against his rule because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. In 16 and 17. Then the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabs who bordered the Ethiopians. And they came against Judah and invaded it and carried away all the possessions found in the king's house together with his sons and his wives, so that no son was left to him except Jehoahaz, the youngest of his sons. So one argument that people make from this is um, the example of, of many nations, because in Obadiah it talks about the nations casting lots for Jerusalem. And so the, they take this account, and, and that, that, it's, a possible, it's a possible date. It's very possible. Um, also, one thing that I found in my study was in the days of Jehoshaphat, who was the father of Jehoram, so the, the one that was attacked, uh, there was an Obadiah in that day in Second Chronicles 17 and verse 7. And so if, if, if the early date is the case, then it's very possible that that Obadiah... Um, is the one who wrote the book of Obadiah, but it's just one of those things um, that we'll never know. Yeah, I would say, you know, like the date, um, the context clues could lead you to either of those dates. And so it's one of those things that we don't want to be dogmatic, but I think a good Bible student will understand the possibility of both dates yeah. and the implications of the teaching, just knowing the general things that were going on around both those dates. I mean, either way, it doesn't change what happened. No. The nation of Edom was um, was treating their brother Jacob, or the nation of Israel, a certain way, and God was going to bring his judgment upon it. I have one more thing for the, the late date, um, 
which I think supports it, and that's verse 20 of Obadiah. It talks about the exiles, and, and you see that in Nebuchadnezzar's attack, because he, he took many, many Jews captive and made them exiles and took them on to Babylon. So that might be more supporting evidence for the, the late date um, that I didn't say earlier. Yeah, and I'll add one more argument for the early date. Okay. And I think that it's a weak argument, and I'll explain why. Um, but, I mean, it's still worth, like we mentioned before, considering. And so when you look at uh, verse 1, the vision of Obadiah, thus says the Lord God concerning Edom, he begins his prophecy like this, we have heard a report from the Lord. And so some people say that this was the early date because he would have been around other prophets. And so that's what the we means. I don't think the we there, you know, just that one word can mean other things besides he was with other prophets. Um, if you just do a, a Google search on grammatically what an editorial we is, that's the idea that if somebody is representative of a message on somebody else's behalf, that they might use the word we. Just like you might not necessarily be with me, but if I was delivering a message on the authority of this podcast, it could be just me sitting behind the mic, but I could say, uh, we at 66 Books want to study the Bible. That mm-hmm. would be true. Yeah. Yeah, even if you just said it, and you know, I, I didn't say it at all. Um, yeah, and, and we'll get into that in verse 1 um, about that. You know, who's he talking about? And, and really, it, it comes down to, again, it's something we don't know. You know, it's... Right. And so that, that might be why, you know, you called it a weaker argument, because there's just really not a lot of, not, not a lot of, of space for us to say, well, this is it or this isn't it, you know. Yeah, it could be possible, but you don't want to say that you know what year this was written because of the that word we, you know yeah. what I mean? And so in my uh, notes I have a uh, more research needed in all caps. <laughs> you know. And I, I guess and that's for anything in the Bible really, but and I don't if I if I research it even more, I, I still don't think I'll come to a conclusion on which one it is. Um I, I think I lean towards the the later date. Um just because it, it seems that there's more evidence, but I, I can see how the early date's possible as well. Yeah, and, you know, I, I know that this might seem, you know, just silly that we've spent the past 10 minutes or so talking about a date of a book, but I think really what it causes you to do is, is when you're studying these things, it's causing you to be a better Bible student. It's causing you to, to question even when a book was, was delivered from the prophet of God, because you're, it, it forces you to get in the context. It forces you to look at the message to see what time frame this supports. And so even though I don't say you should be too dogmatic about the earlier, the late date, I highly recommend studying why mm-hmm. those dates are, are most, most people take an early date or a late date. It's because they both revolve around an attack against Jerusalem. And then you're just looking at the context to see which attack is supported more by yeah. the text. Yeah. And you might come to to a different conclusion than, than we do, and, and me and Johnny might come to different conclusions, but it's just one of those things, it's, it's really not a big deal, um, and you, you'll just have to study it out for yourself. Well, we're talking about how the message doesn't really change, well, let's talk about what the message is. So so what do you have for the message? I, I have it split into two parts, Johnny, but I'll get what you, what you have to so say. On, on the message, I really have a short um, a short idea of what I consider the message. And so I'll, I'll just read that and then I'll let you go over what you have. 
And so um, I got it as as the purpose of this book. And you might have separated the purpose and the message, but I put that all together. And the purpose uh, shows the message. It's to announce the certainty of the divine judgment on Edom. And perhaps it was to comfort Judah as well. Because um, if you study the Psalms so many times, what was comforting to David was knowing that God opposed his enemies. And so the idea that God is going to bring judgment on the nations that hurt his nation, his children, is is comfort because it's it's God showing that there is such a thing as vengeance, that unrighteousness won't go unpunished, and that it's it's worth it to follow after God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, th- I think that's great. Um, I kind of got my message from the book um, really condensed. <laughs> And it's just um, the destruction of Edom and then the restoration of Israel. Um, We talked about the key words. And I I learned something from from a lectureship I went to. And and they say you take the key words of the book and then you write out a sentence using them or a paragraph using them and you get what the book's about. And so the key words for for Obadiah that that I got, and and we'll post these... um, on our Gnosko Studios page, but it's a uh, day, Edom, um, Jacob or Israel, and anything concerning Israel really, Lord and God, and then mountain, and then uh, the nations or foreigners. And so my 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 paragraph I got, and and you can make your own just using these. I got the book of Obadiah is a vision from the Lord against Edom. Edom stood against her brother Israel in the day that the nations attacked Jerusalem. Therefore, a day of judgment was declared upon Edom. God declared he would bring Edom down from her prideful mountain of Esau and establish salvation in Mount Zion. So that's pretty much a condensed um, Obadiah right there. That, that's, that's pretty much what happens in the book. Well, that's uh, pretty sufficient for me. I don't have anything else in the introduction that's not going to be brought up in the text. Yeah. And so I don't know if you have anything else. Um, no, and uh, we'll have an outline, and we'll put the outline up there as well. But we're not going to go through the outline you know, word for word because probably won't remember it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> If you want the handouts that we mentioned, go to gnoscostudios.org. That's G-I-N-O-S-K-O studios.org. Go to podcast, 66 books, and then go to the relevant section. In this case, the Minor Prophets. This episode was Intro to Obadiah. Join us next week as we dive deep into the text of Obadiah.